This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Todd Willits, and I'm joined by EPFR's economist Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming week. Cam, good morning. Uh, How have you spent the Lunar New Year? (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, unlike the, well, in usual years in China, I've spent it largely working. So um, I may not be in touch with my inner ox. So let's start there. Obviously, saw pretty big flows into the country last week. Um, is this the return of China as the big EM story, uh, at least as a, a flow is concerned? Well, there's more than one narrative thread going on here. Um, you know, historically, we tend to see a fairly large inflow on or around the end of the lunar holiday. Um, in more normal years, it's a period when a, a lot of the uh, basic economic <laughs> signals go blank or get dialed down. Um, so people tend to be sort of thinking and projecting a bit more about China and where it will go in the coming year. Uh, the forecasts for this coming year are, are, are generally good, um, you know, especially from a macroeconomic perspective. The consensus GDP growth is 8% um, and is extremely you know, favorable given that it already comes off uh, a year where they eked off growth when most people, most other uh, countries didn't. Um, you know, the number I think still reflects a slightly frothy market there. Um, retail, the retail component of the this latest inflows on the equity fund side was another record. You know, as we've mentioned in earlier podcasts, that's <coughs> definitely uh, something to be watched based on the experience in 2015. The development of China as its own asset class is also going on apace. Uh, you know, among the gem funds we track, one out of every three dollars is now going to China. You uh, referred to last year and how China really had the advantage as far as uh, continued growth goes. Um, would you look to the market as a uh, foreshadowing for how other economies will get out of uh, the pandemic or at least face some of the issues be- just because they, they did have that jump start with, with everything? The answer, honestly, is not really. Um, China is still the workshop of the world, uh, and a lot of the things that their factories produce fall into the the uh, realm of of you know, uh, vital components, um, you know, goods that we have to have. Whereas, certainly, you know, he, here in the U.S. and in Europe. Uh, services are a much, much bigger component of our economic output um, uh, and in many ways um, much – it's harder to make the case that uh, you know you can't go without a hairdresser or a uh, a lawyer for you know another couple of weeks. 
just to keep yourself safer from the pandemic. So, uh, and, you know, then there's the, you know, bare bones fact that uh, we don't have the same kind of surveillance and social control that China can exercise. So obviously, we've been looking a lot at reflation and inflation. Uh, good debate on our LinkedIn page uh, over the past week or so there. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the commodities funds movements we've been seeing. Not something I'm terribly surprised about. Uh, commodities funds, uh, at least at the moment, I think are one of the sweet spots uh, if you haven't got a clear opinion uh, on that uh, debate, or think that both both reflation and inflation are possible, um, they they offer you some of the upside to increase demand from reflation, uh, and because they are tangible, um, they give you a little bit of protection uh, against inflation. So uh, the the interest there, I think, is pretty predictable. Any other sectors or areas that we track that you would expect to see similar um, interest in because of the either the reflation or inflation story? Um, well, one that has sort of uh, I'd, I've been expecting for a while but didn't see is, is consumer goods sector funds. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, if you believe the pent-up demand element that, that's going to drive this reflation story, then a lot of that pent-up demand comes at the individual level for, you know, basic goods. Um, and there's certainly a narrative developing that that, uh, that will be uh, have an even bigger impact uh, later this year because not only are stimulus checks flying, but... Uh, there is certainly a line of reasoning that the uh, the the ESG component uh, to that's increasingly evident uh, both in fund flows and in um, policy making and economic policy making uh, is going to put pressure on on people who might not otherwise spend money to get a more efficient washing machine or some other white good. Um, so expectations for the consumer goods sector have really sort of surged in recent weeks. I know another area that you and the team been looking at in the past few weeks are are the high yield uh, bond funds that we track. Are we seeing a little bit of an inflection point, perhaps? Well, we certainly did in terms of flows. Uh, there was a fairly sharp uh, pullback. Uh, last week, um, you know, a fairly obvious trigger being the, the rising uh, 10-year Treasury uh, yields. Um, for me, that what the inflection point I think I'll be looking for is, is are high-yield bonds going to be treated uh, as risk assets again? We've gone through a rather strange period where after the Fed stepped in and effectively said, you know, we're going to provide a degree of support for this asset class as well, uh, flows surged and uh, then leveled off. And when we saw sort of a broader risk on period from the fourth quarter of last year on, you know, the flows to those have uh, been pretty muted. Um, and it was, it's been emerging markets bonds that have sort of captured the, you know, the expression of that risk on in terms of flows. Finally, looking to the second half of the year, 
I believe there's a expectation for quite some action in the green bond market. Are mm-hmm. we seeing that reflected in anything that you're seeing in the data? Yes, um, you know, in terms of the uh, the flows to uh, equity and bond funds with SRI and ESG mandates, uh, while it's still true that the equity funds are getting the bigger flows in, in, in raw dollar terms, uh, relative to the size of their asset bases, uh, bond funds with uh, those mandates. Uh, uh, have sort of pulled ahead in recent weeks, and and the ones we track uh, have set a, a weekly inflow record each of the past three weeks. Um, you know, I I think there's a combination of factors at work. Um, obviously, the market is uh, deepening and is expected to uh, deepen even further as. Uh, uh, U.S. stimulus money begins to <coughs> push some of the levers. As people focus more and more on this theme, uh, a desire for exposure, which is tied a little more to direct outcomes. Uh, you, buying uh, an equity ETF with an ESG mandate um, you know, offer sort of uh, you know, a broad way to hopefully sort of improve uh, corporate citizenship, but it doesn't, in most cases, actually help, say, build a better water treatment plant or a, or a, a field of solar panels, whereas buying into a bond that's been issued to create a new solar bank is a much more direct expression. So I think some of that is going on too. So what are you and the team looking at this week in the data? Uh, actually, we're uh, we're having spent a fair amount of time sort of looking at the uh, reflation versus inflation debate. Uh, we're focusing in on one of the, uh, what we see as the consequences of that tension which is the uh, the in- increasing volatility, both overt and underlying, that we're picking up in the market. Um, so we're going to be, you know, I- issuing a number of snapshots over the next two weeks of, of where this is playing out in the flows, uh, and uh, you know, try- trying to uh, refine some of the indicators that we have for predicting and tracking market volatility. Great. Thanks, Cam. Have a fantastic week. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.